Hi, this is The Gathering Church in Windsor, Ontario, and I'm Pastor Garth Lino. Welcome to our podcast. Not long ago, two firefighters uh, died in an accident that happened when two small aircraft collided. Kyle and David, both 31 years of age, were serving as volunteer firefighters in a county fire department when their Cessna 150 collided with another airplane during takeoff. Apparently, the small airport they were using did not have an air traffic control tower. And the authorities, writing about the, uh, the accident, said later that pilots using the airfield are expected to communicate with one another on a common radio frequency. They are supposed to coordinate with one another to eliminate the dangers associated of flying out of an airport that does not have an air traffic control tower. Obviously, something went terribly wrong. And when we try to navigate danger on our own, often we are blind to the risks associated with it. When we try to navigate danger on our own, we're often blind to the risks associated with it. When we try to do life on our own, without consulting the control tower, things don't work out the way we planned, we need to remember that God is in control even when your world, even when it feels like your world is falling apart. God is in control. We sometimes think that God is not working, that somehow God has removed His hand from our lives. We don't see visible signs of God at work in our home or in our, our family, uh, in our world. We figure that He's gone dark, that He's on radio silence for some reason. But the quiet, invisible hand of God is always working, always operational. He never sleeps nor slumbers. That was part of the testimonies that you heard today. God was at work in Mary's life in all those years when she was pretending to be a Christian. God was at work in Masood's life, drawing him ever so tenderly, ever so patiently, through videos and conversations. God is at work. So go ahead and turn in your Bible this morning or your Bible app to Acts chapter 23. We're getting close to the end of Acts. We're going to be finished Acts 28 by the end of the month. So we're getting close to the end of our series. Today we're looking at Acts chapter 23 and verse 12. Just three weeks ago we talked about Acts 23.11, the verse that appears before this, where the Lord uh, appears to the Apostle Paul in a vision at night and basically says to him, Take courage, Paul. I've got your back. Everything's going to be just fine. That was that evening. The very next day, it says in verse 12, The Jews made a plot and bound themselves by an oath neither to eat nor drink till they had killed Paul. There were more than 40 who made this conspiracy. So the night before, God had just said, Take courage, Paul. Don't worry. I've got this. The very next day, this plot gets hatched to take his life, to kill him. But God had a secret agent in the crowd, and it turns out to be Paul's nephew. Oh, it just so happens that God really is in control, and God uses this unnamed nephew of Paul's to thwart the the plot to kill him. 
So just listen to this, or better yet, follow along in your Bible or your Bible app, Acts 23, verse 16. It says in the text, Now the son of Paul's sister, his nephew, heard of their ambush, so he went and entered the barracks and told Paul. Paul called one of the centurions and said, Take this young man to the tribune, for he has something to tell him. So he took him and brought him to the tribune and said, Paul, the prisoner called me and asked me to bring this young man to you, as he has something to say to you. The tribune took him by the hand and going aside, asked him privately, What is it that you have to tell me? And he, the the nephew of Paul, said, The Jews have agreed to ask you to bring Paul down to the council tomorrow, as though they were going to inquire somewhat more closely about him. But do not be persuaded by them, for more than forty of their men are lying in ambush for him, who have bound themselves by an oath neither to eat nor drink till they have killed him. And now they're ready, waiting for your consent. And so the tribune dismissed the young man, charging him, Tell no one that you have informed me of these things. So God actually spoils the plans of these rascals who, were, who had hatched a plot to kill the apostle Paul. God spoiled their plans and uses this young nephew of Paul's to do it. We don't know his name. We don't know how old he was. We don't know anything about him. All we know is that God used Paul's nephew to, to uh, bring an end to this plot to kill him. So nothing escapes him. God is obviously in control here. Nothing escapes the Lord. His eye is on the sparrow. Reminds me of a song. Shall I sing it for you? No? Please not. Please no. God God is in control. Even when it feels like the world is falling apart all around you, God is in control. Evidence of God's providence can also be seen when God uses Lysias, this Roman tribune, to protect Paul. We work our way down through the text at verse 23. It says, Then the Roman tribune, whose name is Claudius Lysias, called two of the centurions and said, Get ready 200 soldiers with 70 horsemen and 200 spearmen to go as far as Caesarea at the third hour of the night. It's a little bit of overkill. You know, there's... The Apostle Paul and these 40 guys who have, who have conspired to kill him. And the tribune calls for 200 soldiers, 70 horsemen, and 200 spearmen. That's a, that's a bit of overkill, I think. Uh, but nevertheless, God uses Lysias to protect Paul. And that's the decision he makes to take all of these men. Verse 24, also provide mounts for Paul to ride and bring him safely to Felix the governor. So Lysias was not a follower of Jesus. This Roman tribune had been appointed by the Roman government to, to, to quell the uprising in, in, in Palestine or Israel, and he's stationed in Jerusalem. Lysias was not a follower of Jesus. Lysias had not come to faith, but God used him to protect Paul to get the, Paul to the governor safely. You see, nothing could thwart the plan of God. God had a plan for Paul to get to Rome. So he was going to ensure that that happened. God used this man who was not a follower of Jesus to protect a man who is a follower of Jesus. You get the implications of that? And that happens every single day. God uses ways and means to protect us and provide security for us when we don't even see the danger. God is always at work 
because he's sovereign and he loves us and he protects us and he keeps us in the palm of his hand and, and, and provides security and safety for us when we don't even see the danger. We just go on our merry way. We ought to pause at the end of the night and say, thank you, Lord. Thank you for your protection. Furthermore, God uses a Roman army to transport Paul. Verse 31. So the soldiers, according to their instructions, took Paul and brought him by night to Antipatris. And on the next day, they returned to the barracks, letting the horsemen go on with him. And so, (laughs) the soldiers are assuming that they are moving a prisoner. But God was actually transporting his preacher to the next assignment. They thought he was a prisoner, but God says, he's my preacher. And provides for Paul's safety and security. The Roman government and the Roman soldiers and the spearmen and the horsemen, the soldiers, they were all working for God and didn't know it. They were doing God's bidding. God is in control even when it feels like the world or the government or your family or your workplace or your school is falling apart. We may not see it in the, in the immediate circumstances of our lives, but God is in control. And the, the end will always be what God wants it to be. That's the first big idea in this long passage that we're trying to cover today. God is in control even when it feels like the world is falling apart. But the second big idea is this. You can be faithful to God even when it feels like no one else is. Acts 24, verses 1 to 9. After five days, the high priest Ananias came down with some elders and a spokesman, one Tertullus. They laid before the governor their case against Paul and When he had been summoned, Tertullus began to accuse him, saying, Since through you we enjoy much peace, and since by your foresight, most excellent Felix, reforms are being made in this nation in every way and everywhere, we accept this with all gratitude. This flowery speech, he's he's trying to butter up the governor. Oh, Felix, you're amazing. You're so kind-hearted and so good. Verse 4, but to detain you no further, I don't want to waste your time. I beg you in your kindness to hear us briefly. He says in verse 5, for we have found this man, Paul, a plague. One who stirs up riots among all the Jews throughout the world. And is a ringleader of the sect of the Nazarenes. He even tried to profane the temple. But we seized him. By examining him, you yourself, you will be able to find out from him about everything of which we accuse him. The Jews also joined in the charge, affirming that all these things were so. (laughs) My friends, when you seek to live a faithful life for God, the enemies of the gospel will oppose you. Everything this high priest, Ananias, everything the the Jewish elders said about Paul was a lie. Here they are standing before the governor, making their case, and all they're doing is lying about the Apostle Paul. There's not a shred of truth to what they're saying. None of it's true. But the enemies of the gospel thrive on that. 
They thrive on lies and accusations that are void of truth. So what are we supposed to do? Just push on? Just press on past all of that? Be faithful to God and be faithful to the gospel. Be faithful to God and be faithful to the gospel. Just live out one day at a time, committed to being faithful to God and the gospel. And you'll see the hand of God at work. I guarantee it. Truth and time go hand in hand. And over time, the truth always bubbles to the surface, doesn't it? It may take a week, it may take a month or a year or a decade, but eventually the truth bubbles up to the surface and people go, Aha! Wow! Now I understand. Now I see. Now I get it. One day at a time, be faithful to God and the gospel. We also learn from this passage that faithful witnesses of the gospel often speak with courage and peace. Pick it up at verse, verse 10, Acts 24, 10. When the governor had nodded to him to speak, Paul replied. Now it's his turn. Knowing that for many years you have been a judge over this nation, I cheerfully make my defense. And so he begins to lay out his defense. He defends himself and he defends the gospel, speaking with, with courage and with poise and with peace. See, then he shares, he gets to share part of his testimony in his defense, which is not a, not a bad idea. When you've got the floor and you've got an opportunity to speak, share some of your story. And that's what he does in verse 14, Acts 24, 14. But this I confess to you, he says, that according to the way, which they call a sect, I worship the God of our fathers. Believing everything laid down by the law and written in the prophets, having a hope in God, which these men themselves accept, that there will be a resurrection of both the just and the unjust. And so he, he, he shares Christ, he shares the gospel, he shares the hope of the resurrection as he's defending the gospel to these men. Some of the religious Jews uh, brought accusations against Paul, we just read about that, but none of it's true. But instead of responding in anger and resentment, he just speaks with courage and peace. I don't, I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't get that. I don't understand that. That's kind of outside of my realm of experience and understanding. Somebody is at you. Somebody's attacking you. Somebody's lying at you to the public. And you just, you just press on with courage and peace? I, I think that has to be a God thing, don't you? Yeah. That's precisely the point. (laughs) He just speaks with courage and peace. You can be faithful to God. And you can be faithful to the gospel of Jesus Christ. Even when it feels like no one else is. Even when it feels like you're standing all by yourself in that school. In that shop. In that office. When it feels like you're there all by yourself, you can be and should be faithful to God and the gospel and just watch God work. Paul says with confidence, my accusers cannot prove to you the charges they're bringing against me. They can't. He didn't stomp his feet and get all red in the face and angry about it. He just said, let them bring the evidence. They can't prove it. I know they can't. 
So he speaks with poise and integrity and dignity and, 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 and peace. Doesn't get all bent out of shape. They have no proof. There's no basis for what they're saying. So Paul just lays out the truth. He just speaks the truth. He just shares the gospel and lets the chips fall where they may. That seems like a pretty good strategy, doesn't it? Just speak the truth, share the gospel, and let the Holy Spirit do His work. Give out a video about Jesus to somebody that you meet on a plane and watch God work. Join the team today going out, putting invitations to surge camp in mailboxes. How old school is that? (laughs) I I, I had a church partner say to me, so you're a church planner, and I heard that you guys actually go door to door and, and put and put you know, invitations in people's mailboxes are under the welcome mat. Is that right? I said, yeah, that's what we do. Does that work? Hello? Does it work? Riza, does it work? Of course it works. Because God is in it, you know. There's so much prayer that gets sown into that. So we just speak the truth with courage and peace and poise and integrity and love and more love and much love. And let God do his work. And it's amazing. It's amazing. (laughs) So I want to encourage all of you this morning to lean into these two big ideas. I'd like to encourage especially the men and women who were baptized today to lean into these truths. But not just them. This is for all of us. Every one of us who has air in his or her lungs. Every one of us whose heart is still beating today, I want to encourage you to lean into these two big ideas. Ponder these two ideas today. First of all, God is in control. Even when it feels like your world is falling down around you. Be encouraged. God is in control. Even when you can't see it in your circumstances. Even when life is really tough. God is in control. And second... You can be faithful to God even when it feels like no one else is. You're standing all by yourself. Dare to be a Daniel. Dare to stand alone. Would you pray with me? Father, our hearts are just so full after this full service. Thank you so much for all you've done in our lives, the lives of the men and women who were baptized today. Lord, we acknowledge your sovereignty and your control in our lives, even when we don't, we don't understand how it all works. We, we just trust you, Lord. You lead us through battles, big and small, and we, we trust you even when it feels like our world is falling apart because we have no place else to go. There's no one else who has the words of eternal life. So we're not going to try and navigate life apart from your control. We're not going to try flying solo anymore. So help us to be faithful to you. Help us to be faithful to your word, even when we stand alone. Our scars are a sign of grace in our lives. And because of your amazing grace and the deep, deep love of Jesus, we can say, it is well, it's well with my soul. Thank you, Lord Jesus. 
We pray these things in your name. Amen.